0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Available every week on Audio Boom,
1: the iTunes Store, and from BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Ben and coming up on this week's show we're going to be talking that Leeds v Sheffield Steel Dogs match from last weekend. We're also going to be hearing from Witness and from Hull and we're going to be looking ahead to this weekend's matches in the Elite Ice Hockey League. All of that and loads more on this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. So hello everybody and welcome to... This week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. Loads of interviews coming up on this week's show. In particular, we're going to be taking a look at the National Ice Hockey League as we're going to be hearing from the head coach, the whole Pirates. We've got Paul Breeze too joining us to talk about witness, and we're going to be joined by Yorkshire Post sports writer Paul Harrison to talk about that Leeds-Sheffield Steel Dogs match from last weekend. Uh, But before that, it's to a little catch-up now from the Elite Ice Hockey League. Loads of matches from last weekend, both in league and in Challenge Cup. And who better to ask about what went on than our friend at britishicehockey.co.uk. I caught up with Craig Anderson on Monday. So Craig, a big thank you for joining us, and uh, a plethora of results last weekend in the league and in the Challenge Cup. Shall we start firstly with the Challenge Cup? Um, I mean, we had some, we had four matches o- over the weekend. Um, the the pick of the results, um, unfortunately, I have to say this for, for, for your benefit, it was Belfast Giants beating the Glasgow Clan f- by six goals to one. Um, quite a performance uh, for the Belfast Giants returning to domestic action.
2: Certainly was, Um, and it just showed there was no European hangover. Um, from them, certainly on this occasion, to, to win the six goals to one against a clan team who, well, let's face it, we're always going to be up against it, going to a place like Belfast, who, in my opinion, they've actually upgraded their team. When you look at the, how good a team they had last year, and to bring in the players they have this year, I think it's on paper a lot better than, than what they had at their disposal last year. So I don't think the, the result was a great surprise. Belfast are odds on favourite to, to come out of that group quite comfortably. And uh, they've certainly started as they mean to go on. The, the, the six goals all came. Um, Clans only consolation coming from from Scott Pitt but yeah certainly a sobering one for the Clan fans towards Gosling
1: and uh, all eyes were also on uh, the Cardiff Devils who who also returned to domestic action uh, on Saturday in the Challenge Cup Uh, they hosted the Guildford Flames and uh, well it was a a bit of a close affair this one Uh, fine free in the end uh, for for the Cardiff Devils but but most of the action happening in the first half hour
2: yeah it certainly did it certainly made for a very interesting affair you know Cardiff coming back into domestic action um, after the European adventures Guildford I think looking for a, a first win as well they haven't had as a, a good a start to the season as I think they would have hoped but yeah plenty of goals flying in the, in the first half of the game I think it got to, to 4-2 um, after the, the first uh, 22 minutes or so then it kind of petered out a little bit. But I think the one thing to take from Cardiff's point of view is the all the players that are, are getting points right now, the, the points are being shared, the goals are being shared around the team, and that shows the great depth that Cardiff have in their team. Guilford can take a lot from this game as well. They've, they've kept a lot of the players that have done them so well in the last couple of years as well. So they fought back, they've got three goals. It looks respectable, but I, th- I would say disappointing defeat for, for Guilford when you look at it.
1: I was going to say, I mean, Guilford did bounce back on Sunday uh, in another Challenge Cup match against the Coventry Blaze. Uh, six three. Um, so it's it's kind of what we were saying uh, last week about. I think it was the Sheffield Steelers we were talking about, weren't we? Uh, about how fun they're going to be, and uh, it looks like Guildford Flames are going to be fun. Fun nine goals in in two matches.
2: Yeah, I, I like Guildford. I think they're a really good team to watch. I think the fact they've kept the core of players they've had in the last couple of years, as I just said, have served them so well, is a big big thing for Paul Dixon. It shows you that they look after their players there. You know the guys that they can rely on are doing the job again. Ben Davis got one on Sunday against his old team. Jamie Crooks, Brett Ferguson, John Dunbar, even Callum um, you know Jesse Craig, the captain. This is at a Guilford team I think are overlooked by a lot of people. Um, but again, when you look at the quality across the league, it's kind of easy to do. You know, Guildford had such a good year last year. They've settled into the Elite League so well, and getting that win on on, uh, on Sunday was huge for them, and it, it gets them on the right foot.
1: Yes, and uh, one last challenge, got match to talk about on Saturday. Um, the 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 old rivalry uh, resumed: Sheffield Steelers against the Manchester Storm, and it uh, finished Sheffield Steelers free, Manchester Storm one. Uh, what what can we take from that?
2: I think Steelers at home are going to be quite a, a team to um, to watch out for this year. I think. We've already spoke about the, the better quality of players that they have in their team this year. It was, it was a, a big night because uh, Sheffield Steelers, their former player, Mark Thomas, lost his wife, Vicky, mm-hmm. uh, through the week through breast cancer, uh, which was sad news. And it was kind of ideal that Manchester storm with the opponents as uh, Mark works with the the youth players at Manchester Storm. So it was good that both teams came together and paid tribute to her. So it was a bit of an emotional night in that respect. On the ice, just what you're expecting from Sheffield Steelers. You know, they're getting the key goals and the big players are starting to to, to find some form and, and get themselves into great positions to score the goals. So yeah, a good night for them and they could be more than
1: happy with that. Well, sending our best wishes to everyone at the Sheffield Steelers, obviously, uh, but uh, a great crowd there as well, over 6,000 at the Sheffield Arena, not not bad at all uh, on, a, on a Saturday night. And uh, the Challenge Cup, uh, we'll get to the Elite League in a second, but there's some matches this week. On Thursday night, Guildford Flames uh, hosting the Cardiff Devils, and then on Saturday Belfast against Dundee, Manchester against the Nottingham Panthers, and on Sunday Coventry Blaze hosting the Cardiff Devils, uh, but uh, while we've got you on Craig, we should talk about the league as well. Uh, two matches on Saturday. Uh, firstly, let's talk about the Nottingham Panthers. A five-one win at Dundee. That's that's no mean feat that for the Panthers and, and a superb result there.
2: Yeah, great result on the road. The first of a double header in Scotland on uh, on Saturday for them. And again, the Panthers are a team that are finding their feet. A lot of changes in that team. We've seen a lot of the players that have have been there over the years, You move on and, and go on to different places. Tim Wallace has, has given the team a brand new look and that was a significant result for them against the Dundee team um, who are, are very difficult to beat at home. But to win 5-1 is, is certainly good for, for Tim Wallace, good for the, the conference and, and gave that a little bit of hope um, for the, the fans that the Panthers could have a, certainly a better year. I'd say a better year. They finished third last year. It's easy to to forget that. You know, the third place for any team, I think, would be a, a great achievement. When you consider it's right behind Belfast and Cardiff. But no, the Panthers weren't happy a, a lot of occasions last year. But that one would have certainly helped them tempered a bit by what happened on Sunday in Fife. I'm sure we'll get to that in a second.
1: Yeah, we'll get to that now. I mean, uh, as you said, uh, the Nottingham (laughs) Panthers stayed in Scotland uh, for the game on Sunday. Fife Flyers 4, Nottingham Panthers 2. What a weekend it was for Fife, by the way. Uh, 4-1 win at the Coventry Blaze on Saturday as well. That's that's not a a bad weekend there. Eight goals for Fife.
2: Definitely not. And, you know, you couldn't have asked for a better start to the weekend, uh, to the the league campaign, rather, for Fife Flyers. And It shows you when you've got a player like Danny Gautier in the ranks who's hitting form. Bear in mind, he's come off a, a summer when he played in Australia and helped uh, his team to a league title. He's clearly um, a little bit sharper just now, so getting four goals is a great, great start for him. I will take Umbridge with the league deciding that Adam Morrison, the goalie, was their player of the week. but then that's, that's up to them. I would have picked Gautier for it personally, by all accounts. He was absolutely unplayable over the two games, so much so that his teammate Barry McKenzie in an interview with BBC Scotland said he was the best player in the league right now and that's high praise indeed considering um, Barry's a player who's been around the league a long time and he's certainly seen his fair share of, of top players so yep, two great results for Fife and, and the fans were certainly more than delighted with
1: that. Yeah, I bet they were and uh, just a couple of more matches we need to talk about and it uh, goes to show you the up and down nature of, of the league, um, I mean we said a couple of weeks ago didn't it, that there's no point making predictions or anything like that Manchester <laughs> Storm beating the Belfast Giants on Sunday uh, in overtime uh, <laughs> what, what a result that was for the Storm
2: a huge result, and I suppose if you want to put it in a football comparison, it's like Norwich beat Manchester City on Saturday, um, in the manner of, of how that happened, but a great result for Storm at home. You know, There's not a lot of people predicting a lot for Manchester Storm this year. I can kind of see where they're coming from, but you know, if they can pull off results like this against a team like the Giants, then they're, they're doing something right. Winning in an overtime, it was great. Jared Olin is one of those players, that, one of the top guys they're looking to for points production. The other scorer was Lane Ulmer, who's had uh, such a successful time in Cardiff as well. These are two of the big players that Ryan Finnerty is, is hanging his hat on, and they certainly came up trumps for him on Sunday.
1: Now, uh, the, uh, there's um, a little piece in, on um and it's entitled, still, sadly, still the best-kept secret, uh, following on from the, the words of Tony Smith. And uh, we should say, I mean, what an advert. What an advert for the league. The game that took place on Sunday, up in, up in Scotland, Dundee 5, Sheffield Steelers 6. You're certainly getting your money's worth on uh, Sunday evening in, in Dundee. Yeah,
2: great uh, Well, great result for Sheffield to come through. What was a, a tough test, they, you know, they eventually won the game on overtime. But I think Aaron Fox might be the kind of coach you'll look at the, the negatives of it, the fact they were 4-1 up. They were looking quite comfortable. 4-1 up after 22 minutes. Then Dundee get a couple of power play goals towards the end of the second period. So straight away, that gap's closed to one. And then they have to basically try and scrap and, and get through the rest of the game. It gets to 5-5. Five, five, and then you go into overtime. It's really anybody's game after that. For which Michael Davis gets the, the winning goal. The fans certainly got their money's worth 11 goals out of that one. I don't think Fox was too happy with one or two elements of the game. Never mind his own team. I think he was i think he was a little bit missed with a couple of the, the referee calls as well. But you know what? It's two points on the road in a tough venue, and that
1: should be the main thing for them. And and one last result um, from Sunday: uh, Cardiff Devils five, Glasgow Clan three. It's a long way to travel, and obviously Cardiff Devils have got the bit between the teeth. Clearly at the start of the season, uh, but uh, I mean, what, what do we take that, from that result? For the, firstly, for the Clan and and the weekend that the Devils have had. Uh,
2: well, for the Clan, I think it just ends. A long weekend for them where they're, they're travelling up and down the country to fulfil these fixtures. First of all, mm. I mean, coming up against uh, and losing to Belfast Giants and Cardiff Devils to me is no disgrace, and I, I think you'll find a lot of people that agree with that sentiment. But they did perform. I think it, they did perform better in the second game on Sunday. Certainly, the second period, Clan seemed to have most of it. I think they were getting into a position where they, they could have made a comeback. They, they did go down. I think, I think it was four-one at one point. Um, but, you know, Cardiff have got that extra bit of quality about them. So, for Klan, for I think the one big thing is they've had two difficult fixtures that they've got out of the way early. I wouldn't have liked to have gone to Belfast or Cardiff, say, in late March, looking to get points on the board. You know, you, you get these fixtures out the way. These are, these are games you're not expected to win, you know, if, if, you're, if you're being really honest about it. Uh, for Cardiff, they start to see, you know, you worry about a European hangover. The standard of hockey in the CHL is of a higher quality, a bit faster um, Cardiff, have, you know, they've got experience in this before, so they've they've hit, they've hit back in the domestic league as you would expect. Two home wins, two good home wins at that as well, and that's in a good stead.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the clan are, are back in action um, this weekend. Uh, they'll be uh, travelling once again uh, to the Cardiff Devils, um, and then the clan um, probably, are probably going to stay in Wales all week, I'd imagine, and then make their way up uh, back to Scotland uh, and en route on Sunday. They'll be Taking a trip to the Sheffield Arena to take on the Sheffield Steelers. So, uh, a busy week uh, for the Glasgow Clan coming up. Uh, for the Sheffield Steelers, um, that home game there on Sunday. They've also got a home game on Saturday against the Guildford Flames. And uh, finishing off Saturday's matches, uh, we've also got the Five Flyers hosting the Coventry Blaze. Uh, as we've discussed, the Five Flyers cracking uh, starts the season. Uh, so, they'll be looking for that to continue on Saturday. Um, then on Sunday, the Five Flyers will be travelling to Guildford. Dundee Stars will be hosting the Manchester Storm and a big game in Ireland it's the Belfast Giants against the Nottingham Panthers Um, some proper good fixtures there coming up in the Elite League
2: there certainly is, Uh, plenty for the fans to look forward to, I think the one game that sticks out for me is uh, Belfast and Nottingham, you know, Nottingham on the back of that defeat in five, how they bounce back against the Giants could be interesting, Um, that's certainly one to watch on on Sunday and of course Sheffield fans will be looking forward to seeing their former hero Mathieu Roy, who was a guest on the show last week Uh, coming back for the first time now that he's a Glasgow clan player. So I think there's a couple of games straight
1: away. Absolutely, and uh, just before you go, Craig, just a, a quick mention as well for the National Ice Hockey League. Obviously, that got underway uh, last weekend, a, an historic occasion with um, Leeds uh, traveling to the Steel Dogs um, to to get uh, acquainted with one another for that rival, which hopefully hopefully is going to blossom. There are loads of matches this weekend, and uh, it's it's great to see.
2: It definitely is, and it'll be good to see you know what these teams have in the, the locker. You know, it's a brand new league, a brand new system. Leeds and Sheffield got it kicked off on on Sunday. By all accounts, a very very good game. Which made a good account of themselves. But no, it'll be interesting to see what some of the other teams bring to the party. We're seeing MK Lightning come back down to a second tier after their two years in the Elite League, and they've got a tough one against Hull to start on Saturday. Hull, as I just mentioned, they're a team that won the NIHL 1 North last year. So they'll be wanting to to continue that trend of winning silverware. A lot of good games to
1: look forward to. Uh, and just before you go, Craig, uh, just a quick plug for britishicehockey.co.uk. Loads of opinions, loads of articles on there from, from this past week. Uh, what's coming up in your world over the next seven days or so?
2: Well, again, I'm going to try and get a few uh, a few things up on the piece this week. We'll do more setting the scenes to do this time. It's the, the NIHL national teams that'll take um, focus on that one. Eight other teams to get posted, so straight away I've got a busy week <laughs> <laughs> to to get those articles up there. Certainly, look at another couple of stories that's going on round about. But yeah, you mentioned the the, the story about the the best kept secret. That was this week's Monday after blog and that's already up Uh, the five things you learn should be up also this week as well so yeah plenty for everyone to look forward to
1: British very own Craig Anderson there speaking to me on Monday about last weekend's results in the Elite Ice Hockey League and in the Challenge Cup and lots of exciting matches to come this weekend in British Ice Hockey's top flight. But this week, we're going to be looking more at the levels below the top flight and in particular, the National League, as well as a couple of the regional leagues. We're going to be joined shortly by by Paul Breeze from Widness and Adam Carr, head coach at Streatham. But before that, it's to the Hull Pirates we turn to now. Obviously, the Hull Pirates had a very good year last year in the North Division 1. But this year, they're back in the national competition in the newly created second tier, the National Ice Hockey League. And on Thursday, I caught up with the head coach at the Hull Pirates. Here's Jason Hewitt. Uh, Well Jason a big thank you for joining us and uh, obviously the the league season kicked off uh, last week uh, but Hull in action this weekend. How's preparations been for the new season?
3: It's been good to be fair. It's been the first time in a couple of years that we've actually had pre-season games um, with the setup. before. We we weren't really able to fit them in so it's been good to get a couple of games under our belt certainly um, and some good results so it looks promising.
1: And it's obviously a return to a national competition isn't it with with the restructure i mean how 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 much are you looking forward to to those trips down south
3: yeah i mean not so much for myself been around a long time but for for our guys and and trying to develop players it's it's a much better setup and that's it's no disrespect to, to what we've been doing the last couple of years but guys need to play against the best players they can um so I, I'm excited and the trips down south maybe isn't the question because You know, no one likes a a three o'clock return home, but um, it'll be good. It's good hockey and, and it's exciting.
1: Yes, absolutely. And uh, obviously, um, I, I could tell by your accent, you know, you're, you're, you're a Northern lad. Uh, and one of the things we've been touching upon when we've had uh, Swindon on and, and, and Sheffield uh, is, and, and Leeds is is that quota system that's been put in place uh, for this season, two, two imports only. How important do you think that is uh, for the competition and developing uh, local talent?
3: I think it's, uh, it's an interesting one, to be fair, because they've also made the other rule where um, guys who can access a British passport, not after a, f- a few years, can can be in this league as a full British player, which is a an interesting one if you want to talk about development. But I think the two imports is a is a good number, and potentially it could be three if you wanted to really improve the the standard. But as far as actual development, I think it's a two or three would be fine, and and we'll still get still get kids coming through and having opportunities.
1: And when it comes to that development at, at Hull Pirates, obviously it's uh, it's 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 a club with and, and and its predecessor with with a history of ice hockey in in the city of Hull. How how is that developing those pathways and uh, local based players at the club?
3: It is tough. Actually, the other day we were talking. There's a lot of good players from that are that are out of Hull and and guys that have been around a long time, but are still have have a young age below thirty and. It's dried up a little bit, I'd say. There's not one that that stands out right now from Hull, but I'm certainly I'm pretty fortunate as that there's so many players in Hull for me to access and that we've managed to keep hold of. And some of them, are, we've got guys that've been around a long time, but are still only 21, 22, and their best years are yet to come. So we're still working. Even though maybe on paper it doesn't look like we've got a lot of young players, I think um, there's certainly some that are, that are still growing as players, and and the best is yet to come.
1: Absolutely, and uh, I was I was going to ask you about uh, what what your expectations are for for what Hull could achieve because is is a, a step into the unknown. Uh, obviously, we've seen Sheffield and, and Leeds in their first game, but uh, lots of big clubs in this division, not just the, the whole Pirates. So, so where do you think Hull are going to feature in the
3: shake up? I think we'll be there. You know, like any team would say, if we if we kind of do our our job will be there but I, I firmly believe in what we've what we've done the, the last couple of years is create ourselves an identity I think last year especially towards the end and, and in those playoffs that you really saw it come through Um, and what we're trying to achieve here and we've come back we got a little bit of swagger Um, I think there's there's many factors we changed our two imports obviously the two imports we had were very successful last year so big shoes to fill and and you know those guys like myself that Managed to have good years, and you know Matty Davis, Bobby Chamberlain, those guys, um, and it's and it's a pressure to to keep doing that. And then in turn, the young guys they have to step up this year, and they're going to get an opportunity. We haven't got the biggest the biggest roster at this level, so um, everyone's going to play, and guys have got to step up. But I think to go back to the original question is, I think we'll be there. I think we'll, I'd certainly expect us to be there challenging.
1: Good stuff and uh, I was going to say I mean you, you, like you say there you are going to need uh, the, the squad as as much as you can aren't you because uh, like this weekend for example it's an away trip to Milton Keynes and then the, fir- the first proper home match against the Swindon Wildcats on Sunday so uh, it's it's a, it's a busy, busy schedule uh, looking forward to it though
3: Yeah I think that, that's the biggest thing is even when we were, we were playing pre-season we had a smile on our face because there's no game every game you don't know the result before you're going in so and that's what you want. And yeah, no bigger than, I think Swindon probably Bolster the biggest on paper. They they should be probably right up there as well at the end. And, and Milton Keynes, you know, the results haven't reflected the team they've got yet. You know, they're, they're new and just got together. But every every weekend, whether it's Leeds, Sheffield, Swindon, Milton Keynes, whatever it is, is it's going to be challenges and it's going to be tough to win this league.
1: And uh, and looking forward to that 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 first competitive home match at the the Hull Arena this season on on Sunday. What's your message to the home fans? Uh,
3: to be fair, our, our fans have been have been great through through everything, and especially with a league change, they still they still bought in. And and for us, our our messages keep keep doing what they've been doing because they've really made made Hull a tough place to come. And um, in turn, with the players we have, I think you know we're not going to be an easy team to play against all year.
1: Jason Hewitt there from the Hull Pirates speaking to me on Thursday. And as we discussed there, there's already been a match played in the National Ice Hockey League this season. And that took place last weekend. And it was a cracker between the Sheffield Steel Dogs and the first ever game for the Leeds Chiefs. And it finished on Sunday night. Sheffield Steel Dogs, three Leeds Chiefs, one. And for more on the match itself, Craig Anderson from britishicehockey.co.uk caught up with Yorkshire Post sports writer, here's Phil Harrison.
4: Phil, a lot of talk over the summer. It finally happened. Leeds Chiefs are in business. First of all, what was your, your takeaways from the game on Sunday?
5: Takeaways? Uh, well, given the preparation, uh, you know, it's not been ideal preparation for Leeds. In many ways, the rink isn't ready, as everybody knows. Everybody knows that's sort of scheduled to be the end of October, in time for that first home game uh, in November. Um, but you looked at that first twenty minutes against Sheffield at um, Ice Sheffield on Sunday afternoon, uh, and uh, you wouldn't have been able to tell that this was a team that had, had barely had sort of three hours practice time uh, before they went on the ice. Um, I think that was probably, you know, mainly down to adrenaline. Uh, the excitement of being involved in such a, a sort of um, major new project, which is what it is, particularly in the city, the size of Leeds. Um, there's a lot of talk about it, there's a lot of excitement about it. Um, and I think they were probably slightly surprised by the uh, following that they had on the day as well. Uh, you know, anything between three to 400 uh, uh, away fans there. I know it's only down the M1, but uh, for a first game, I think it certainly helped them uh, get through, uh, certainly, that first 20 minutes. Um, second 20, Sheffield came into it more because, you know, Sheffield obviously didn't know what to expect. Uh, obviously, they know the people, uh, the individuals involved on the Leeds team very well, uh, but they didn't know what kind of hockey or what kind of style of hockey Sam Jack was going to get them to play. Um, and Sheffield, as I say, they got crucially got that goal um, uh, just before the end, in the last minute of the second period, short-handed strike from Kieran Brown, uh, superbly taken, and then just... You just felt then that the momentum had shifted, and sort of, you know, as, as, as sort of um, suspected, first ten minutes, uh, first eight minutes, I think, of the third period, uh, Sheffield got another couple of goals. Uh, third one was a, another short-handed one, but some some brilliant piece of skill from from Brown. Uh, and just for very very short sure, while, well, you sort of worried that Leeds uh, might buckle, and you might be looking at a, a sort of heavy defeat, but. I think one thing that uh, Sam Zaid has done very well over the summer is um, for a first-time player coach as well, he's, he's, he's in his recruitment. He's got a lot of experience in there, a lot of old heads. Uh, not old heads, but veteran heads. Uh, the likes of Luke Boutroy, Steve Duncan, um, you know, people like that. Chris Seif has been around a bit. James Archer. And, and I think that's what got them through. And, you know, on another night, you know, the, the pipe worked five times at least uh, by my count. Sam Gospel made a number of saves, it, it really could have gone either way.
4: You've been following the team through the summer as, the, as they've built along the way. I mean, Do you get a feel, as a man on the ground, that the real excitement there is for this team and and what lies ahead?
5: It was all, yeah, I think so. It was always difficult to tell, really. Um, and you, um, you won't really be able to tell about how that excitement bears fruit until early November, uh, all being well. But I, I think... As I mentioned just before, that the, with the size of the following that they attracted, um, there, were, there were certainly the more vocal part of the crowd. Uh, as I say, there were three or four hundred of them uh, there. You know, not all from Leeds, but I think you know there'd be the novelty factor as well, and the and just the the the, the interest in uh, the uniqueness of a, of a new a brand new team coming on board. And you know, a lot of these players are well known, um, but like you know, there is there is a lot. Well, Sam's age. I think the thing that drew uh, Sam. Uh, to apply for the job of uh, coach, player coach, initially, was the, was the potential there. You look at a, city, a place like the size of leagues, there is a lot of potential there. It's sportsman city anyway, uh, and I think just, just throughout the course of the summer, the, the way they've been sort of drip-feeding the signings as they've gone through, as, as most teams do, uh, as we know, uh, but I think it's just sort of built up uh, and built up and helped create that interest, added interest, uh, and all that's, that's lacking in the minute, is obviously that rink, and, and, and fingers crossed, uh, within the next couple of months uh, we'll be able to uh, see people going down there and cheer them on there
4: So it's a good foundation for them to, to build off then as they the, as they look ahead to the, the games coming up
5: Yes definitely I mean Telford obviously the first 10 games away Telford this uh, Sunday uh, just the one game this weekend so it doesn't get any easier uh, but yeah I mean you look at that team on Sunday they did not look out of place and as I say it, it could easily have gone the other way they, they, they um, you know Dimitri Zemodra's goal led a charmed life at times, but equally, Sam Gospel at the other end, who was very impressive, uh, the Nottingham Panthers uh, netminder who's on a two-way, uh, he, he was called on to make a number of key saves. Um, but yes, certainly, and as you would expect when you look down at the chief roster, there's a lot of experience there, but there's also a lot of, a lot of youthfulness, a lot of energy. Uh, with the players that they brought in it, it, it is a very good blend and I'm sure that's what all teams aim for and you know, not all teams achieve that but Sam Zajac on the strength of one game admittedly seems to have, uh, to have got that so far
4: and of course being the, the man based in Yorkshire fella, it would it'd be wrong of me to not ask about the Sheffield Steel Dogs they were two teams in this game of course is it fair yeah, to yeah. say is it fair to say all the pressure was on them coming into the game you know they're, they're the more established team they just missed out in the title last year you know a real mm. a loss to, to Leeds could have been a big surprise it could have
5: been a big surprise, you know. Obviously, one nil when uh, Radek Meadle put that goal in uh, in the 26th minute. That direct first goal, as people are rightly saying, um, you know, got the second biggest cheer of the night, obviously after the, after when the Chiefs first came on the ice. But um, yeah, I mean, there, there probably was a bit more pressure on the Steel Dogs. But Ben Morgan's been around. He's 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 a canny uh, he's a canny operator, and he said before the game, you know, one one good thing about playing Leeds was that, that in, in, in one way, them being an unknown quantity in terms of the style of hockey they played was good for his team because it meant they really couldn't afford to worry about what Leeds may or may not do because they, they really didn't know. And that's probably why that first 20 minutes, I would have said that he Leeds edged that first 20 minutes um, and, it, you know, they went toe to toe, but I think obviously they came out for the second period and it was a lot more even, uh, Steel Ducks seemed a lot more settled. Um, but uh, I don't think there was any sort of added pressure. But I mean, you know, it would have probably been a surprise had uh, Leeds won.
4: And just quickly, I want to ask you about the other team on your patch the Hull Pirates. They start their campaign this weekend away at Milton Keynes Lightning. Then are they, they're at home on Sunday against the Swindon Wildcats. How are they looking ahead of the, the, their two games?
5: they typically strong, as you would expect from Jason Hewitt's team. Obviously, you know, them being. Uh, treble winners last year. Uh, I spoke to Jason in the summer about um, you know. Well, I think I spoke to him at the time down in uh, Coventry when, when they won the playoff title in that uh, overtime thriller against Peter. But you know, will there be any pressure coming into uh, uh, to this season with a new league Um, and uh, obviously teams of more equal strength in this new league as well? It's obviously getting back to the old the days of the old EPL uh, two or three years ago. And he admitted, yeah, there probably will be a bit more pressure on them because they're obviously the most successful team at that level last year. But, um, you know, um, Jackson News team never strikes you. that seems to be bothered by such things. And I think they've had a good pre-season, a couple of good weekends of of games. Uh, I think Pittsburgh were last weekend uh, where they won, I think they won twice in overtime. Uh, And then they played Milton Keynes the weekend just gone. So they've, they've been playing quality opposition. I mean, obviously that's the thing that Leeds have lacked. Another thing that Leeds weren't able to do, unfortunately. Uh, Sheffield Steel Dogs have had preparation, but in terms of Hull, they're, they're, I mean, you know, I think they are a lot of people's uh, favourites uh, to pick up uh, some silverware this season, as I imagine uh, the Steel Dogs are.
1: Phil Harrison, there, from the Yorkshire Post, speaking with Craig Anderson uh, on britishicehockey.co.uk. So the National Ice Hockey League very much underway. It's already started, though, in the divisions below, with Whitley Warriors and Nottingham Lions in the north section already playing three games thus far this season, whilst in the south we've just got a handful of games played thus far. And in the second division of the National Ice Hockey League north, and uh, we've had a few games played. Hull Jets are three games into the season, whilst the Witness Wild. Played their first game last weekend and uh, they were beaten by the Sheffield Senators in a great game. Witness Wild 5, Sheffield Senators 6. And for reaction to that match on Thursday afternoon, I caught up with Witness match reporter and author, here's Paul Breeze. Um, So Paul, a big thank you for joining us and uh, before we get to uh, Witness more generally, what what a cracking game that was. Obviously not the outcome you would have wanted, but but, uh, what what a superb uh, opening to the season.
6: Well, obviously, it was a good game for a, a neutral fan. Do you have neutral fans? A neutral <laughs> neutral spectator. And obviously, for the, the Sheffield team, um, witness fans would have been a little bit disappointed, I think. They uh, started the game a little bit slow. They ended up 3-1 down at the end of the first period, and that was a bit too much to pull back, I think.
1: And obviously, it's been uh, obviously it's, it's very early days in the season. I think I think we're safe in saying that. But uh, it, it was a cracking season last year for, for the Witness Wild. So, so what what's the expectations uh, for the club uh, for heading into this season?
6: Well, as you probably know, we had a huge summer of upheaval. The uh, player coach from the last three seasons, Ollie Barron, retired from the game after winning the league and cup double, uh, league and playoff double for the first time. Uh, we won three playoff titles back-to-back back-to-back to back back to back to back to in a row so that was, the, that was the best period we've ever actually had at witness uh, I think Oli thought he'd taken the team as far as he could and he decided he wanted to step back and spend more time with his family which is, which is fair enough uh, so he'd left some big shoes to fill at the same time several other of the senior players left as well Captain Simon Offord retired Stuart Brittle who's been a huge playmaker in terms of Presence on the ice and assists over that period. He's gone as well. Netminder Matt Croyle was going to come back for this season, but he's been offered a, a good job down in Oxford, and he can't manage the the travelling and the training commitment So he went as well. So that that's a huge heart ripped out of last season's successful team. Um, obviously, a lot of the players have stayed. Uh, Danny Bullock's now taken over as captain. And uh, he looks like he's going to do a very, very good job. And they brought in a lot of uh, new players over the summer. So that they're going to take time to, to fit in and to gel as a, as a playing unit.
1: Yes, and uh, I, I was going to say, I mean, that since, since uh, the club was founded uh, a few years back, I mean, it has been uh, a steady progression. And the, the last few seasons, you've, you've always been up at the top end. And, and like we said, last season uh, was, was a, you know, a silverware galore and, and that kind of thing. Um, so is it going to be a transitional year this season, do you feel?
6: Well, you have to be re- realistic and say there's a lot of players left, as we discussed. A lot of new players have come in, there's a lot of new young players. Uh, the, the club's putting the emphasis on developing youth and looking ahead to the future. Um, we're hoping we can be competitive this season. I say we've still got um, a lot of the key players from last season. We've got Jakub Hajek, who was the, the top scorer in the division. Um, Mikhail Novak, the other Czech uh, imports, back as well. We've got uh, Dan Fay in defence. He impressed a lot of people. He got, he got so many MVP awards last season. I can't—I've lost count, to be honest. Uh, Sean Dittnall's looking very good up front again. He's been with the club a long time. So uh, we are very, very hopeful. Uh, Obviously, it's, it's very early days. That was our first league game of the season last Sunday. I think some of the other teams have played two or three already. So they're a little bit further along than we are.
1: And, and what do you make of of the competition? We've been touching upon the, the you know the the restructure of of the NIHL the NIHL and and uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, this 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 North Division uh, seems to be very competitive with the likes of Gum and and the Hull Jets and and the Sheffield Senators, as we've already mentioned. It's a, a very competitive league this year.
6: Well, whilst you always want your own team to win and do well, you don't want to win by huge margins all the time and and, and it'd be uh, boring. It's nice to have competition, I think. I I like having lots of teams where you go into the game, you're not really sure what's going to happen. I mean, so far this season, you've got everybody's beaten everybody else. We lost to Sheffield. I think Sheffield lost their first game of the season. D-side went away. Was it Hull? They went away and won at Hull. Um, have picked up a win. So uh, Bradford have started well, again, as they did last season. So it's really difficult to uh, to tell what's going to happen with so many changes over the course of the summer in all the teams. You're basically coming up with against brand new teams every year.
1: Yeah absolutely and what, what you touched upon there it, it's it's true i mean Hull Jets beat the Senators 9-5 in the opening game of the season uh, and obviously the the Senators beat yourselves uh, last uh-huh. uh, on Sunday uh, the Bradford Bulldogs have won against Altriggum by 8 goals to 3 then Altriggum Aces beat Blackburn by 9 goals to 2 yep. um all over the place and like i say D side beat beat Hull Jets 6-4 uh, last weekend as well um, so it's very very competitive i mean what is what is the standard like uh, for those people who, who you know don't don't drift too far away from the the, the top end of the pyramid i, I mean it's, it seems like a um, the lifeblood of of the game down at these levels you know with lots of junior players and and lots of players finding the feet and and learning the craft
6: well i think it's very entertaining and uh i enjoy supporting the the lower levels of the game um the nihl uh you've, you've got a maximum of two imports only one's allowed to be on the ice at any one time, so therefore the rest of those playing berths are being taken up by British players, and for the most part, young British players who are who are coming through.
1: And that's very very exciting, isn't it? And, that, and that's that's a must for the game. And and you know we, we've we've touched upon how, how well the great British teams done, and uh, and and how well the game's doing in, in continental Europe with Cardiff and Belfast. But uh, uh, underpinning all of that has to be a good junior pathway.
6: You, d- you definitely need that. I mean, where. Great British team are doing quite well at the moment, but uh, you need players to keep coming through and keep feeding that so that you've got more uh, talent coming through in years to come.
1: Now, obviously, Paul, you're you're not just a match reporter for 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 the Witness Wild. Uh, you're also a, a, an author, and uh, I've written many many a year book and, and review of the ice hockey season. Um, we'll, we'll give a plug for, for where you could purchase all those uh, various editions okay. uh, uh, in a second or two. Uh, uh-huh. But what, but what's your assessment of, of the game at the moment? I, like you said, we've got um a, a, we've had a restructure uh, below the elite league. The there's um, a two-import rule brought in, which I think broadly everyone's in agreement with. That's the way forward. Um, so so what's your, what's your sense on where the game's heading?
6: I think this the, the new National League is a step in the right direction. Obviously, the last couple of seasons with the former EPL teams in the North and South divisions, that wasn't working particularly well because there was a huge gap in terms of budget and playing standards. And it was fairly obvious who which of the you know, which two or three teams were going to finish top in each division last season and the season before. There was always going to be another breakaway and form an EPL Mark II or or the National League, as they now call it. Um, To my mind, the National League is now what the EPL should have been. It should have been a top national tier that all the NIHL teams could aspire to step up to. It's easier now because, okay, budgets may still be uh, a bit in question, but they've only got uh, two imports allowed per team and they're playing for the most part just at weekends. So it's not as if now, like it was before, if uh, an NIHL one team wanted to step up a division, they'd all have to go full time and they'd have to have a whole scale change round. Whatever, it's a little bit easier now. It's brought it a little bit closer to uh, a national pyramid, and I like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and and Paul, like we said, the ice hockey review. Um, give us a bit of history about the ice hockey review and uh, where various editions can can be purchased.
6: Right, the ice hockey review. It uh, started off as an NIHL yearbook. I always thought that uh, I've always been a big fan of Stuart Roberts's uh, ice hockey annual, which I've, I've bought for very many years. And obviously that, uh, that always started at the top with the big teams, the GB and the top leagues, and filtered down. And there wasn't very much coverage of the, the lower leagues. And I always thought that was a bit of a shame because the guys who play for the lower leagues, they put in the same amount of time. They go training every week. They're away at weekends playing matches. Uh, they put all the same time and effort in. And they don't necessarily get quite as much recognition generally. So I redressed that. And I started doing a yearbook which was purely uh, NIHL teams. Uh, and we had uh, team photos and the stats and, and all this sort of thing. Uh, over the years, that's developed slightly. Uh, the last couple of years, uh, since Stuart stopped doing his ice hockey annual, I ended up doing the uh, the EPL as it was and uh, the Elite League, well, uh, which was great fun. Some, something I hadn't touched too much on before. And that was all very enjoyable. So I've, I've got a set of uh, yearbooks going back uh, several years now, starting small. We started off with just uh, Division 2 North, because I originally started writing about the filed flyers when they were going. Then we had Division 1 and 2 North, and then we have added the South, and then we added the EPL, and then we added the Elite League, which, uh, which covers everything. I have to say, I'm going to hold my hand up now, there isn't going to be a yearbook this year.
1: Oh, no. Right, because okay.
6: I've, I've, I've been much too busy.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. That's a that's <laughs> pathet- pathet-
6: <laughs> Pathetic <laughs> excuse, but that, that, that's, the, that's the top and bottom of it. So anybody that's listening who's looking out for the new one coming out, I'm really, really, really sorry. I haven't had time. I haven't been able to do one. Uh, I may be able to pick up doing it again in the future. I can only apologise.
1: But for those people who want to catch up with past copies, I think they're available from all uh, reputable uh, online bookshops.
6: Yes, definitely. If you you, you do a a web search for uh, My Name and Ice Hockey Review or Yearbook or anything, I'm I'm sure you'll get pointed in the right direction.
1: Well, uh, Paul, big thank you uh, for, for joining us on this week's show. We should say as well, uh, Winners aren't in action this weekend. I've, I've, I've not seen a fixture. You're back in action next week with a rematch against the Senators. That's that's one not to be missed after the first yep. outing.
6: The Wilder away. They're playing in the Midland Cup this season. Ah, They're, they're playing against morally division the opposition. They're playing Blackburn, Hawks, uh, Solihull, Sutton and Nottingham, which is quite a big step because, as we all know, there's quite a big difference between uh, Laidler Division and Morley Division in terms of uh, budgets and playing standards and that sort of thing. Uh, So they're away at uh, Blackburn this Sunday, based off 6 o'clock, I think.
1: Paul Breeze there, Witness, Wild, match reporter and for joining us here on the British Ice Hockey podcast. And that's it for this week's British Ice Hockey podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this week's edition. Remember, for all the latest goings on from the world of British Ice Hockey, you can visit the website britishicehockey.co.uk and you can also follow British Ice Hockey on various social media platforms as well. So please do search it like subscribe, whatever you need to do. Uh, BritishIceHockey.co.uk. But that's it for the podcast this week. A big thank you to all my guests this week for joining me. And wherever you're going this weekend, to cheer on your British ice hockey side, make sure that you have fun. Bye-bye.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Lance Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.